702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, to everyone listening to this Locked and Down podcast, wherever you might be right now. Before we start, it's very important to remind everyone that the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, otherwise known as SADAG, is available 24 hours a day during this national lockdown on 0800 Today we'll be talking about living with elderly people or perhaps people who need other medical care right now, as well as looking after the mental well-being of your loved ones, your partners, and your friends. We don't know who will contract coronavirus and we don't know who is strong enough to fight it. But what we do know is that if you have a compromised immune system or if you're perhaps older, contracting the virus can be extremely dangerous. And so this has to take a toll on many people's state of mind at the moment. And joining me on this podcast today is clinical psychologist Desi Soneva. Thank you, Desi, for joining us. Firstly, we know that you've done a lot of work with SADAC. You've got years and years and years of experience behind you. What are the main types of calls that you are getting at the moment from people who are worried about their loved one's mental health at the moment? So some of them are around access to care at this time. So their psychologist, their psychiatrist, if they have a mental health condition. Some of it is around students who are really stressed around studies or maybe they had applied for something that's fallen through or were planning for certain marks from this year. So there's a lot of that in terms of the youth. There's also obviously loneliness. If people are isolated and alone, you mentioned the elderly, um, sometimes that does happen. And, you know, part of COVID strategy is to try and minimize contact between certain family members and the elderly in case we expose them unnecessarily. So sometimes that means isolating older loved ones without us wanting to. So it's really a mix. It's around work. It's around finances. It's around studies and plans that have fallen through around loved ones who are really struggling and spiraling with anxiety or are feeling really low, not getting out of bed just really battling to wrap their minds around adjusting to this new reality. And the thing is, you know, we can be strong and we can be in a good space mentally. And I know I've got friends who've had loved ones like a mother or a father diagnosed with cancer and they're in hospital and you can't Mm -hmm. go see your Mm -hmm. mom or your dad, or perhaps they've had a stroke and now they're in hospital, but you're not allowed to go Mm -hmm. and see them. How do you get around trying to offer support to somebody you can't be close to physically? And also, how do you mentally accept that you can't be close to them? I guess the mental part will take its own time individually for each of us. And some of us might need help with that because it is a very difficult thing, depending on where we come from, depending on the relationships we have, our own views of life and death and, you know, what's been happening in that relationship throughout. But to use this technology, I guess, is the first step in that is to keep contact. If that means calling a few times a day, video calling, so you get to see each other, arranging to drop off things if you can for them, you know, and within within the COVID regulations, there is an acknowledgement of a need for the elderly or the ill for certain things. So also exploring what you can do for them. Is there a certain regulation that allows you to do certain things, take certain things to the hospital? So it's not always a complete lockdown in terms of being able to provide for them in some way, but definitely to make that contact constant and reliable so that you know you're going to see them and reassure them. I mean, it's hard for them in hospital. It's really hard 
not having any loved ones. It's quite a clinical, sterile environment often. You're so much closer to an awareness that we're vulnerable, um, that life is not forever. And that can really, really be tough. So just to keep that in mind as well, because sometimes we might avoid contacting loved ones because we're too anxious or it hurts us too much, but to try and keep them in mind too. And what kind of words of encouragement would you be offering somebody right now who, who has to be isolated because you don't want them to get exposed? You know, if you phone them or if you message them, you know, what, mm. what can you say besides passing on love, light and prayers? What other, you know, motivational kind of, of words could we be using? Maybe some of it can even be thinking through ideas of what to do in a day and how to cope. So some of it can even be, what did you do today? Find out what they're doing and, and think through some ideas around, have you been outside? You know, there's so much sunshine today. It's a warm day. If you can go outside, if you've got online access, have you had a look? There's operas that are internationally acclaimed operas that are now available. You can watch online or you can take a virtual tour of a museum or you can connect to an online support group or you can start a book club, an online book club with your friends, or you can use Zoom, teach them if they don't know how to use Zoom or another platform where they can connect with friends who they can't see. Think with them around how to make this reality more bearable together with the motivation and the encouragement. I guess that could really make a difference and be creative. Maybe you want to call them in the morning to get them out of bed if you know that they're not getting up or send them a recipe and video call them in and you guys can cook together in the evening or those kinds of moments of connection, try to get creative around how to use virtual reality for that. And I mean, we're not just discussing um, people with physical problems at the moment, you know, not necessarily mm. those that are physically sick, but those that are also mentally sick. Maybe you've got a parent who suffers with depression or an, uh, a cousin or a friend and they live alone. This is extremely mm. isolating. How often should we be checking in on them without it seeming intrusive? And when should we start worrying about them? I think there's such a fine balance when people have a mental health condition because we don't ha need to have a mental health condition for this to be difficult, you know, this, this time now. And it can be so stigmatizing and shaming for us to suggest that they would struggle to cope more so than someone else. So I guess sharing, sharing and making it reciprocal is a really great thing. Calling in to say, this is what I did in my day. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking about. How about you? So that it's not just, oh, I'm checking up on you because I know you're ill and you're probably not coping and I'm here to save you and help you. That's a horrible feeling on the other end. So it's more about connection and sharing and bonding. That bond will help rather than just oh, I need to, as a function, call out and, and reach out and see if they're okay. But, you know, know their treating team. Obviously, there is the clinical part, the, the medical part. Know the treating team, have their contact details. If you struggle to reach your loved one, if they let you know they're really struggling, discuss it with them and say, look, you can have online sessions now. Should I contact them and get some guidance? Or do you want to reach out to them? Let's, let's chat about it. Um, if you're really struggling, encourage them, give me a call, help them ground themselves into this moment. Because often what happens is we tell ourselves stories in our heads and we are in the future, we're in the past, or, or we just imagine these things that might happen. So bring them back, try and anchor them to what's going on right now. Yes, I know it is scary. I'm also very scared. And then the body is the best way. So explore mindfulness for yourself to know how to help them um, anchor into the breath, get them back to feeling sensations in their body, get them back to using their senses to see things around them and get out of the storm in their heads. Really just be there, but also make it a connecting 
experience, not just I'm there for you because you're in need and you are helpless. So less of a chore and more of a genuine connection. Um, I think mm. that's, so, that's such valuable advice because often, you know, it does feel like, you know, you check in on people as a chore and people can sense that and they can feel that. So if you are somebody who is struggling mentally, what would your top three tips be for the people that are struggling mentally through this time? First one would be the general overall well-being things that have a huge impact on mental health. So make sure that you get your sleep make sure that you exercise daily, move even twice a day. We know that exercise is one of the first line treatments for depression. It really affects our mental health. So sleep, diet, exercise daily, have a routine. All of those things would be one. Secondly would be to stay connected. So you reach out. And even when it feels like, you know, I'm not sure I want to, it doesn't have to be an hour conversation. It, it can also be just online through texting. If you want to join a support group, there's plenty of credible ones that I can refer you to. Um, if you want to join a hobby group online, connect in some way. Um, and then the last one, I guess, would be just to have a look at mindfulness, relaxation exercises like progressive muscle relaxation, deep belly breathing, yoga practice at home, all of these things that actually reduce our nervous system zing, if I can call it that. It brings us out of fight or flight and into rest mode. And that alone will bring down anxiety, will calm things down. It can allow you to fall asleep. You can have a look at mindfulness exercises, meditation exercises. There are tons on YouTube that are for free. So those would be, I guess, the starting point that I'd suggest. And then obviously reaching out to SEDEC, to your mental health professional, really let them know if you can recognize I'm not doing okay. Desi, thank you so much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy person. Is there any way people can contact you should they feel they need more support? Definitely. So SADAG's toll-free line 0800-456-789. And obviously on social media, let's say on Facebook, they're having chats regularly about different mental health topics, links to different articles that you can get tips from. And that's the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And from me, Cindy Paluta, thank you to everybody listening to this Locked and Down podcast. As always, show compassion and stay safe. Help is at hand during this lockdown. Call SADAC between 8am to 8pm on 0800-567-789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.